Welcome to the Healing Circle podcast, where we talk about everything mental health, faith, and relationships. Though this show is hosted by a licensed therapist, that's me, Kobe, I am not your therapist. These amazing conversations are meant to provide psychoeducation and start some good conversation, but they're not meant to be a substitute for real therapy services. We're excited to learn, grow, and talk with you guys. So let's jump into today's episode. Hey everyone, and welcome back to the Healing Circle. I'm Kobe. And this is Kyle. And Kobe, for some reason, doesn't like when I touch my feet. It drives me, and he always does it in the middle of an episode. And I'm like, Kyle, I really do not want to flip. I don't want them to see this part of my character. Are we in love or are we not in love? We are, but also get your feet away. And like, not only are his feet just near mine, he like almost uses his toes as fingers to like grip my foot yeah i want you to feel secure yes (laughs) please do not make this about attachment kyle what do you mean because i want you to know that i'm here for you and the fact that you are sitting here looking into my eyes lovingly and talking about mental health is evidence that you love me enough and i'm just so incredibly overwhelmed by it and i need you to chill with the feet holding hands because i can't do it kyle i cannot it's one of those things. It's like hearing people chew. Y'all rate, rate, review, and subscribe about whether or not it's important for married people to touch feet every once in a while. No. Just, to, just to show you're, you're locked in. No, and now you're I just all hit my in. elbow. No, Kyle, no. Anyways, you guys, we're back and we're so excited. If you didn't listen to our last episode about reparenting comparative identity, go back, go back. Um, It was a little bit different because we created this term. We kind of did our own um, unofficial research and put together some thoughts and feelings that we had. And so here we are. We created it. And I think that it resonated with a lot of people. So we're really excited to talk today about part two, which is reparenting comparative identity, like the how to, how do you actually reparent it? Yeah. So we talked about how it kind of comes from childhood Mm -hmm. often. It can come from a range of experiences, but overall it kind of comes from childhood and being taught in our childhood to orient our internal value value externally and specifically through comparison of how people feel about us. So we defined comparative identity as an identity that is rooted in and finds value through competition and comparison with others. Um, People who may struggle with comparative identity will find primary value in being better than someone else at something. Their performance and presence will be rooted in anticipating how other people will will perceive them. I promise I'm going to have my words right this time. Uh, They may struggle with being internally validated. They may be motivated to do their best work only when they have the opportunity to do better than someone else. Um, Their internal voice is probably constantly assessing who they are better or worse than. They have a preoccupation with internally ranking themselves in relations to others, and they have low internal motivation their positive and negative feelings about themselves live externally. Mm-hmm. They live in the the mouths, really, of the people around them. T- 
tell me I'm better than this person. And it's not even that I need to be good. I need to be better than or worse than. That's the language of comparative identity. Either you're better than or you're worse than. You're never just something on its own, right? And because what it does is it causes us to focus outwardly when it comes to feelings about ourselves that should be generated inwardly, it leaves us in a place where we're always at the mercy of other people and not necessarily other people's specific words, but like systems, right? Like where do I rank in this? Where do I rank in that? So how do we begin to reparent? Simply we begin to orient ourselves internally. We begin the process. versus outward. Yeah, inward versus outward. We begin the process of generating internally positive feelings about ourselves, right? Ew. And I don't even want to say generating, discovering, because they're there. Mm. We dare to brave the the silence and the isolation and the distance from comparison, we'll find that there are things about ourselves we actually really like. And the things that we don't like about ourselves are things we've been taught to not like about ourselves. Oh, that's a gut punch. Um, yeah. I, so, <laughs> so this is like, a, this may feel like a, a small example, but I think it's, it's helpful. I have... An interesting sense of style. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I would say comfort based. <laughs> That's what I would say. Comfort based is such a polite way to say it. It's the truth. Comparative identity tells me, okay, I don't get to like what I'm wearing unless someone else blesses. Oh, that's a nice outfit. Ooh, ooh, Kyle, I feel like you using that word just opened a can of worms. We'll get back to it, but yes. <laughs> and so, like, with this example, now there's ways to get there, but the hope would be that I put on a denim shirt and button it all the way to the top with some weird colored pants and shoes that really don't make sense and look in the mirror and decide, Oh, I like the way this looks. Yeah. And then, you know, and then seek out, not even seek out, then be open to, just like any human being, open to what someone else thinks, but it not change what I feel about it. Yeah. Right? I also think there's a difference. I'm glad you kind of, like, said seek and then retracted that. There's a difference between running into other people's opinions and seeking them. Yeah. People with comparative identity are seeking what do you think about this? How do you feel about this? Right? You might run into someone who says, "Oh, that outfit's dope." Right? I didn't. I didn't look for that. I didn't seek it out. Yeah. It just happened. They offered it. Right? Or they might say, "Like, oh, that outfit's odd." Whatever it is, they're <laughs> offering. It. There's a difference between like cornering someone and like scratching your neck, eye yeah. twitching, be like, "How do you feel, huh? How do you feel about this?" Hey, give me the real. Don't don't lie to me now. Tell me what you really think. Y- yes, yeah. yes, and we have been taught to do that. To it is a way to self-soothe. Asking mm-hmm. people, how do you feel about this, is our way of mitigating the anxiety we feel in our bodies. Yeah. Right? I feel internal, internal turmoil, and I cannot, I cannot access peace on my own. Yeah. I need you to give me the words to help me access peace about who I am, to be at peace with who I am. 
yeah. right? Which is like, I need you to bless that I am good. Oh yeah. That, that, um, I'm going to take that with me. I need you to bless that I am good. And That's imagine, a great way to, to explain a lot of my internal narrative. Yeah. And, and like, it makes me think about, so I love the Bayman podcast. It goes a lot through, um, the cultural context of scripture, literally from Genesis one all the way to, I don't know where they are now, oh. but it's like 300 episodes. Phenomenal stuff. But Paradigm I'm, shifting. Everyone should go listen to it. They should. Yeah, absolutely. So I have been listening to it and I have been on like the, the gospel section of it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it talks about di- people's different roles, like what it meant to be a royal priesthood, that yes, the Israelites were meant to be a royal priesthood to the world, but even the royal priesthood needed a royal pe- priesthood. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes that priesthood or, or the prophets were people who disrupted people's everyday lives. Imagine having a comparative identity and, and God still uses people yeah. Through the lens of priesthood now, through the lens of leadership and faith now. Now imagine having a comparative identity and you're called, your purpose is to disrupt other people's perspective of what is good. But you you need them to affirm who you are. Yeah. Imagine and like that tension is where we find corruption in many places. In politics, in churches, in mm-hmm. families. That's where we find a lot of tension when we are called to love people by disrupting what is every day to them, but yet we need them to feel good about ourselves. How likely are we to do our jobs well? Ooh, unlikely. Yeah. yeah. It's, um, it makes it hard to speak truth to power, so mm-hmm. to speak. And I think, you know, as we think about reparenting, comparative identity and we think about orienting ourselves inwardly like that first piece is super important i think the first thing we have to do is we have to make a decision about what we feel before we ask other people and i think you shouldn't ask other people i still have to go to Kobe and be like babe what you think and she'll be like oh i see what you were thinking and you can do what you want. But I feel like that's different, though, because I think that you are also discovering, like you're discovering something with my help. But there are times where mm-hmm. you'll ask me something and I'm not giving you an answer because I'll be like, how do you feel about it, babe? And I'm like, what bro, do don't ask me that. It? Leave me like, alone. Why are you doing that? Right. You ain't getting paid for this. You don't got to be a therapist. Yeah. So even like even maybe not taking it out, but before we even venture into, because I think there needs to be like a strong sense of self for us to venture out and seek other people's Mm -hmm. opinions. And this is not seeking other people's opinions, pure. This is about seeking other people's opinions about who we are. Yeah. And what we feel. And what what we we feel, right? Before we venture out, like Kyle said, we need to make a decision about how we feel about ourselves. Yeah. It's not just asking, oh, what do I think? Yeah. It's deciding. It's like, okay, well, you know, I think this is okay. It's like, no, I either, like, I'm going to own, I think this is good. Or I'm proud of what I did. Mm -hmm. I'm happy Mm -hmm. about this event. I feel X. Yeah. And owning it. Point blank period. Yep. I feel that. Yep. Before we, before we start getting like references and and input and insight and mm-hmm. opinions. Yep. Deciding how you feel about your God-given characteristics before anyone else has a say. Right? How do I how do I feel about myself? 
Because how many of us have felt proud of who we are, or proud of how we operate or how we interact, only for us to be in a relationship with someone that's made us feel like we're weird? And then all of a sudden, the one thing we thought was cool and quirky about us, it's now something that's shameful. Yeah. Right? Mm. Another thing that we can do, because I really feel like joy is a really, really, really big part of reparenting. And I think we'll talk about that a little bit more in our next couple episodes. But joy is a massive part of reparenting because the reason why we need to reparent is because oftentimes the things of our childhood that have followed us into adulthood impede on our ability to experience joy and freedom, which is why we're reparenting. So we can access that abundant life that God says is before us. We know it's there, but so many of us have a hard time taking hold of it, including myself, right? So one of the things we need to do is find out what we love in isolation. This doesn't mean not having community, but Mm. I have two Sabbaths. Right. So I and Kyle knows that I don't work on Mondays and I don't work on Fridays. So one of those days is about figuring it's about me literally sitting in silence, not getting on Instagram, not getting on anything and saying to myself, what do you want to do today? And I was thinking yesterday and I was like, oh, my gosh. I think I want to like do something adventurous We're near the Whitewater Center. Kyle doesn't like ziplining. So I'm going to go ziplining and I'm going to do a high ropes course and maybe I'll go kayaking. And, and it like felt like the, it, what's interesting is I felt guilty for mm. wanting to do what, like for, for being honest about what I wanted to do because Growing up as a twin and growing up in an African family, it's never about what you want to do. It's about what's <laughs> convenient for the group. Yeah. And I took a lot of that mindset into marriage and then struggled to figure out why why there are moments where I felt like I'd lost myself or I wasn't happy. Well, it's because in my head, it felt like the righteous or the good thing to do was to, if Kyle doesn't like it, something then we don't, we just don't do it instead mm-hmm. of Kyle doesn't like it and I'll find a way to meet my own needs the way I want to kind of like heights and I love high ropes courses. So I'll figure it out myself, you know? Yeah. Um, I think it's so important for us to figure out, you know, what our own love language is Mm -hmm. to, to, so we can love ourselves in that way, but beyond just loving ourselves in that way, figuring out like, what about myself? Do I enjoy? I love that. I am really intentional and passionate. I love that. I love that about myself. Kobe has never felt anything halfway. No, I feel everything at a trillion. I don't understand. I get tired just thinking about her feelings. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I I love that, and I love I love how generous I am. I love that. Like I I don't think I've ever really wor- given anyone anything and worried that I I wouldn't get it back. Like I love that about myself. I love that I'm goofy. I love that I love to dance. I love that I like to sing. I love that I'm not scared to try new things. Like. I love these and things. And Kobe thinks she's really funny. I'm hilarious, Kyle. She has moments. I am hilarious. But you know what? It doesn't matter. People who know me know that and I am Kobe so funny. Kobe will make a joke and start cackling. Not <laughs> waiting to see if it landed. Not waiting to see what other people think. Because. Gone. Can't breathe. Laughing. Because I truly think I'm funny. I think I'm one of the funniest people I know. Wow. I I do. And how many of us have, and not just make myself in any way something you need to compare yourself to, because that would defeat the purpose, but how many of us get an opportunity to really look at ourselves, assess ourselves the way that we assess the people we're dating or courting or the people Mm -hmm. we're married to, assess ourselves and say, 
this is good. The same way that God created the earth, the same way that he created Adam and Eve and looked at them and said, this is good. This is good. We are called in Christ's likeness and God's likeness to look at ourselves and see the good in the creation that God has exhibited in our existence. Yeah. We like, you are good. I am good. Right. And I think that we, we miss that. We miss, we miss having that internally generated, internally accessed validation of who we are because that is how we can withstand that's where that's the core of resilience yeah right and i think so for believers this is really important because we derive a lot of our um believers in christ by the way because there's a lot of people believe in a lot of things believers in (laughs) in the gospel of jesus christ um this is really important because we derive a lot of our identity based off of like what God says about us and what scripture is. And I think that's, that is not, um, that is not counter to what she's sort of talking about. Yeah. Um, we're not saying that like, okay, well, whatever you feel about you, um, can't be filtered through the lens of like what your creator says about you. But I think the beautiful thing about scripture is that, Part of, you know, if you're like an apologist and you're trying to figure out why should you believe the Bible versus some other thing, the Bible is written differently than almost any other religious text in history, um, specifically because the people act like people. They're not superheroes. They don't make the right decision every time. They don't do the righteous thing. You've got a book full of cowards, thieves, criminals, murderers, and scoundrels who are redeemed by grace. That is not normal in um, in fairy tales. You've got good people that have bad situations um, in, in fairy tales. But in scripture, you get to see the nuance of what humanity is. And so, so we get to look at like Genesis where God talks about Adam and Eve and says that they're good. And then we get to see what good people do. We get to see how good people act when encountered with temptation. We get to see how good people can stumble. And because he said it first, we know that what they follow, like that what follows that behavior or what follows that moment um, does not change what they were. So like God says, they're good. They do some things that were, you know, not, not great. And we don't hear him say, oh, you're not good anymore. Right. So like part of what we get to do as believers is we get to like learn and look at and get even perspective about what good is, about what it means to be human, about what like I think our standard for what it means to be human is so unfair. Yeah. Like culture demands that we should be the smartest person in the room. Yeah. The most like rooted person in the room that's most never shaken. To every single person who had subjective perspectives, mm-hmm. like like never wrong, never learning, like always learned, but never learning. You know, like it leaves yeah. us in this place where we're constantly striving. And again, like I mentioned this in the last episode, but when we are constantly f- fearful that our identity is at risk that our goodness is uh, able to be taken away based on what we do or don't do. Mm -hmm. We're always afraid of that. We can't connect. Yeah. Right. And so learning how to see other people 
part reparenting is also learning how to see other people and taking them out of the lens of comparison. Because if we're yeah. doing it to ourselves, we're doing it to other people. Taking our, our our partners, taking our children, taking our friends out of the lens of like, well, they're better than this person, or they're at least my, they're not as bad as this person. Taking them mm. out because that is enslaving, that is shackling to them. Yeah, folks with a comparative identity really have to wrestle. As you're reparenting, perspective is so key. Mm. Like perspective is is probably one of the most important things. Gaining perspective having sources that you seek out for perspective, but even just like, and this is probably a dumb example, but you'll understand what I'm going with. Like you think about superheroes, America's first superhero, Superman came about in world war two or world war one. And it's like this whole ideology that like to be a superhero means you're completely invulnerable. You're bulletproof. You're all these different things. Um, and all these different things are essentially perfect that you are without flaw that the, you know, that you can really never lose. Right. Like that's the idea of what a superhero is. But the interesting is like the most popular superhero in the world isn't Superman. It's Batman. Yeah. And he has a guy who's not bulletproof. Who I mean, he got money. Yeah. So there's that. Privilege is his superpower. Yeah, his his privilege, his super his superpower is privilege. But there's something about like getting perspective about even like okay, there's something in that that everyone sort of understands. Okay, that's ridiculous. That's a ridiculous standard to hold even a superhero to. You have to be some sort of perfect alien creature that is powered by the sun. Mm. <laughs> you know yeah. and so even in the way that we entertain ourselves we gravitate towards like a fair perspective but as the way that we like internalize each other and and look at each other i think we have to be intentional there too of saying like okay does it actually make sense that a person could just like have parents who are trying but probably failing 35 percent of the time like every parent and they just come out of all of that all of that stuff like fully formed, never having any identity issues, never having any fears, concerns, failures, not, you know, never having a, a moment where they struggle or having a season where they're like, they're trapped by darkness and all these different ways. Like it's, that even makes sense. Yeah. Um, and the answer is no, obviously. Yeah. And I think so much of our culture, especially in Instagram and social media, it highlights this idea that you're supposed to be, okay all the time and yeah. that there's something wrong if you're not which fuels that i'm worse than mm-hmm. or this person's better than and it makes you feel weak yeah like what's wrong with me that i can't get it together yeah yep everyone else seems to figure it out like yep. why can't i be normal why can't i be okay like yep. and when we find issues and faults with our identity um we are in dangerous territory yeah, because we had we do not have the authority to change that, right? Like when it when it's this is just how I operate. Like it's expressions of our identity. Absolutely, we can change that. We can express how change how our identity is expressed. But when we get to a place where deep down at the core we think the issue is who we are, yeah, we think the presence of our existence is the issue. That's when we start to slide into, and a lot of people don't realize they do slide into this suicidality, Mm. right? That's when we start to wonder, why am I here? 
Should I even be here? Life would be better without me. I'm useless. I'll never change. Nothing will ever make me that person, right? Yeah. And so we have to be really careful. It Comparison, we all know this, but can't hurt to hear it again. It is literally not just socially and emotionally. It is mentally and biologically self-destructing. It's self-destructing. It is like the enemy's that and shame because the comparison creates shame. Mm -hmm. The enemy loves pulling this card. It's almost like that scene in a movie where like someone comes and lights a match and throws it at like a building and turns around and walks away. (laughs) That's what the enemy does with comparison and shame. And we are worth fighting for. Shame brings us down and in. The antidote to shame and comparison is up and out is sharing how we feel with someone we trust. Was saying, sometimes I feel insecure around these people. Or sometimes I wonder, like, man, how could I be more like this person? Sharing. Mm-hmm. Sharing. Because anything we feel like we have to keep to ourselves, we must keep to ourselves. Not I want to keep it to myself. That's discernment. Something that says I must keep it to myself or else that is shame. Yeah. The world could never know. Yeah. And that is a deep, deep, dark place to be. And our hope as we walk with you guys through reparenting is to help you guys see that there's a way out. Yeah. And the way out is about looking inward. Uh, Dr. Becky, I mentioned in the last podcast, but she talks about how like to not always praise your kids in the ways that we traditionally taught. Like not just saying, um, good job. Good job. <laughs> but she was oh, saying, man. um, Oftentimes, when a kid's excited and comes to us and says, look, look, look what I did, she was like, the first thing we need to do is pause. Because when we pause and leave them alone with their excitement, they usually have more to say. And I think that's true for adults, too. That when someone says, look, look, I ran this time. Look, look, I accomplished this thing. Look, look, I, I got a promotion. Instead of saying, good job, or like, oh my God, that's amazing, or mm-hmm. you did that fast, or I could have never done that, Literally, leaving leaving a little bit of silence. Yeah, because that good job is, there's a period at the end of that. Yeah. The conversation's over. Yeah. There's, there's nothing more to get. Oh, yeah. I did this. Good job. What do you say to that? Thanks. Yep. Yep. And when we and when we leave that that space, that that like tangible fill in the blank, I think, and Dr. Becky mentions, um, I think like some some true, more vulnerable and less visible feelings start to bubble forth, mm. right? Like I got a promotion and just like smiling and nodding and waiting for them to respond. And for some people it might be like, don't you think that's great? Right? Mm-hmm. And even that is exposing, not in a way that's shameful, but even that is like, this is not about the promotion. This is about you gaining favor with me through your promotion. Mm. Right. Yeah. Don't you think that's great? Don't you feel differently? Don't you feel better about me now that I've done this? Aren't I more worthy now? Yeah. And for some people it's, I got a promotion and I'm so proud of how hard I worked. Yeah. I put in a lot of time and effort. We want we want the answer to be closer to the ladder. Is it going to magically happen? No. no. But no. it it can be generated. The less we spend our time 
seeking that external validation, mm-hmm. the more space and time we have to figure out what do I feel about myself and how can I continuously validate that in my life? Yeah. Yeah. Intentionality is the name of the game here. So as we as we um, leave you all with comparative identity and, and this idea of what it means to have everything that you do and think about yourself rooted in comparison. And crippled by that crippled that by that reality yeah. longing i think a lot of us are just longing to be seen as like kyle is just kyle and that is good Ugh, doesn't even sound right yeah i think a lot of us are like craving that thirsty for that thirsty for for i'm just good as i am and it feels too good to be true yes it feels like a pipe dream like what do you mean no one's just good, good. like yeah. you gotta do some stuff yeah. you gotta like prove yeah. <laughs> you gotta prove you're good it's a it's a dream that can come true I'm living testimony. It's a dream that can come true. Well, it's a dream that can come true specifically because the power is in your own hands, right? Mm -hmm. And that's hard to, like, that's easier said than experienced, obviously. Oh, yeah, just feel different about yourself. Like, no, I'm not saying that. That's, That's crazy. That's not how the world works. But there is an intentionality behind how you treat yourself, how you orient yourself, how you look at yourself in the mirror that's beyond like whether it's natural or normal it's like it is making a decision okay this week or just today i'm going to decide what i feel and i'm not going to ask anyone i'm going to be hyper vigilant so that's a buzzword from you know recent podcasts i'm going to be hyper vigilant about not seeking opinion about who i am what i do where I'm good, where I'm not. Like, I'm going to let today, today is whatever day it is. It's like Tuesday, going on an opinion fast. Yeah. That, that's a perfect way to, to think about this. In some ways, like, we have to train ourselves to think in the lens of what do I think. Most of us don't think that way. Not, well, at least if you're, you struggle with comparative identity, you just don't think that way. And it's not even like, oh, just make yourself think that way um, because I don't, I don't want to minimize what it is. Likely, you have been taught to think a certain way. How do you stop thinking a certain way? It's really hard. It takes a lot of effort. It's like someone saying, well, hey, don't think about pink beds. Everyone's thinking about a pink bed right now, right? Like some of this is reflexive. Um, but as we, as we look at what it means for us to repair it and move forward, we'd like you to just, you know, think about how you feel yeah maybe journal that yeah maybe like make some milestones of like okay at the end of the day how do i feel about myself yeah um and let yourself have the final word instead of whatever the last person said to you yeah um but our hope is that you would find that you get to be a voice that has an opinion on who you are and that it matters and you don't have to live in a world where you are better than or worse than you can live in a world where you're just you. Amen. And that's good. So, um, yeah, until the circle comes back around. I'll talk to you guys later. Bye. Bye. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to today's episode. If you liked our conversation, make sure to rate, review, and subscribe so we can get the word of healing out to as many people as possible. Visit the show notes to stay up to date on our mental health workshops, yearly retreats, Oasis is bomb, 
and connect to us on social media. We'll chat with you guys soon until the circle comes back around.